You're listening to Moving Voices, the official PSA podcast with me, Jeremy Nicholas, and my guest today is Emma Sutton. Hi, Emma. Hello, Jeremy. The Queen of Diamonds. Yeah, love a bit of sparkle and shine in your life. Fantastic. Now, your big thing is speaker one sheets. You've done, just tell us how much research you've done on this. Um, well, I started doing it in about November last year when I knew I was going to be speaking at PSA Northwest. Uh, so I started looking at speaker one sheets because I thought, is there a standard way of doing it? What can I learn from looking at lots and lots of speaker one sheets? So I looked at... So uh, just, just first of all, what is a speaker one sheet? Then? A speaker one sheet typically is a one-page piece of paper, it might be double-sided, might be single-sided, that speakers use to market themselves. So it might be something they have on their website or that they hand out at conferences. So it's almost like a speaker flyer. Right, so it's, it's the thing you send to someone who's thinking about booking you, and it's got every, it's all in one page. Yes. Yeah. So you decided you were going to give a talk on this, and then you realised that you needed probably to find out something about it. Yeah, well, sometimes what we need to learn the most is a good place to start in a yeah. talk. And it, and it fits into with my keynote, which is about finding a diamond and how you talk about what it is you do. So it seemed to fit in with that, and I'd offered to do them a masterclass, and I went, why don't we do one on that? Because I didn't know anyone else who was doing it, and I thought that would really sort of start the year off as they meant to go along. So I guess you then found some really good ones and some really bad ones. Well, I, I put a, a comment on the Facebook group and I said if anyone would be keen to offer me their speaker one sheet. And, and about 15 members of the PSA came forward. And then I also downloaded some from various places and websites and trawling through groups and marketing pages and things like that. So if people listening to this are thinking, oh, first of all, I need one of those. And secondly, oh, I've got one and it might not be very good. What are the things to look out for? Uh, things to look out for. One of the easiest things is the you-me balance in your speaker one sheet. So how much of it is about you as the speaker and how much of it is about the clients that you serve. Um, and you can actually sort of either cut it up with a piece of scissors or kind of almost rank different areas of it and say, is that more about you or is it more about how you help people? And I think that balance can be very illuminating. I think some of them are turning into glorified speaker profiles rather than being about the talk. Um, and it depends what you want out of your speaker one sheet. My personal opinion is there needs to be a good balance if you want people to hire you that is about the people you are trying to sell this talk to. Okay, so if you haven't got one, and I haven't got one, but obviously I've just seen you give a fantastic talk on, so that my first job is now to get one. So well done, you've converted me, that's good. Which is a mark of a good speaker, it's all about change. Thank you very much. You've done change management on me, I'm, I'm getting used to the idea, I'm actually quite looking forward to it. So what should I put in my speaker one sheet and what should anyone put in? What There must be a certain number of things that have to be in there. I think there are five things that you need in your speaker one sheet. Um, I call them the problem. What is the problem you solve? And that's your talk title. Your talk title needs to be something that people can instantly look at and say, we've got that problem and, and they might be able to help. You need a promise. And that's the sort of takeaways or the change that you're going to create in your audience while they're listening to you. What are you going to give them that they can do differently by the end of listening to you? And that's, that really helps to clarify what you're going to talk about as well. So it, it builds on the talk title. Uh, then you need things like proof, which is, have you done it before? So this is giving the client confidence that you are the right person for the job. So that might be testimonials and client lists. That's a typical way of giving proof, but it also builds on your ability as a speaker. 
photos and professionalism. We like to hire people. Mm. We like to see what they're like. We like to see the glint in their eye, the cut of their jib, or whatever you want to call it. Um, and having pictures of you that are professional and potentially where you've been speaking and so you can, they can see that you have spoken before is useful. And then the last thing is the payday, which is how do we contact you? How do we find out how to hire you? And this is something, I know that Americans always have one sheets, but not all British speakers do, do they? No, and I, and I haven't done a survey as to how many of them have them. But I also think it's, it's quite good practice to create one because the clarity that you can get from creating one is useful in terms of the website you put together, your LinkedIn profile, and the other places you, you, you see in your, in your scene. So whether that is your direct route to speaking gigs or whether it's a way of just starting out and, and getting clarity over who is it you talk to, what problem is it you solve, how do I help, and what gaps have I got that would build a kind of credibility bundle. So, you know, it's almost like a, a one-page minimum requirement credibility bundle for somebody to hire you. Mm. So you might have gaps in terms of I haven't got a testimonial about the impact I create. How can I go out and get that? So it's useful as a sort of searching tool when you're just starting out for how do I build my speaker one sheet. And from just seeing your presentation, one thing I found really interesting was you said, make sure when it prints out in black and white, it still looks good. Yeah, it's amazing how many people have beautifully designed speaker one sheets, but lots of people will print them out in black and white, and they could have a pale background or something, and when it prints out, it's all a bit monotone, or it, there's no white space for the eye to rest in. So I think it's important to think about how is it going to look in both colour and black and white, because a lot of these things look fantastic on your website. When people print it out in black and white, it might be not as impressive. And uh, just tell us how you do, how many people did you research then? In terms of uh, speaker sheets, mm. I probably read a couple of hundred, uh, and then I went into talk titles because I realised the talk title was almost key. Right, so to that's getting a really bookings. important thing. On I think the one sheet, the I, title I think people don't put enough effort into their talk titles, and I think your talk title is like the headline that sells a newspaper. You so want it many, to be glanceable. Many? In terms of talk titles, it was four, over 4,000. I think it was about mm. 4,037 from over 700 speakers. That mm. was a lot of talk titles I read. And, and your big thing is that it has to be a real attention-grabbing talk title. It can't just be a topic. Yeah, I think, I think we make a mistake if we put something as broad as leadership or women in business or delegation as a talk title. I think that gives us... Uh, the topic that we talk about, but it doesn't actually position us within that market. It doesn't differentiate ourselves enough. There's lots of people who talk on leadership, but people want to know, what do you talk about that's different to the speaker we had last year? How do we know that you're not going to just spurt the same, uh, maybe predictable or well-researched stuff that we've already heard? So what is your particular niche? And, and that's kind of like my diamond is about how do you stand out? How do you cut away all the things that you could talk about and concentrate on something that makes you distinct and different? So what's your favourite ever talk title from a speaker? I'm torn between Mark Fritz's and Courtney Anderson's. The Why You Never Wash a Rental Car was something that really got me intrigued and curious. So in terms of if you want, if you want to think about the emotion mm. that you're creating, curiosity is a really good one. And I'm, I'm quite a curious person. I'm so, easily distracted. So that's Mark Fritz, Why You Never Wash a Rental Car. And that is, what is that about? That's about... That's about employee engagement and whether they feel... If they don't feel in part of the company 
then effectively they're just being rented and they won't look after it. Yeah, okay. And the other one, the Courtney Anderson? Courtney Anderson one is, uh, if my title says I'm a manager, why do I feel like a babysitter? And, right. and that really spoke to times in my life where I felt like that yeah. and I would have loved to go and hear her speak. And that's Courtney Anderson? Courtney Anderson. Courtney Anderson, okay, I'll check that. Um, Matt, I'll, I'll give you one of my talk titles and tell me if it's any good or not. So, <laughs> so, so one of them is putting the U in humour. Okay. With U being the letter, because lots of countries in the world don't have a U in the spelling of humour, and it's all about putting your personal stories in, not telling jokes that everyone tells. Okay. Does that grab you? Interesting, because there's two U's in humour. The minute you said it, I was thinking of the first U. Yeah, you see, that's what my mastermind group said to me as well. They said, there's already one. There's still one in there. And I went, oh, yeah, there is. But so, yeah. Okay, let's forget that one. And then uh, my after dinner, uh, I do two lots of after dinner, and one's all about sports stories. And the title for that is called The Day Brian Clough Punched Me and Other Stories. I love it. And Yeah, because immediately I want to know why he punched you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's not... But I like the and other stories because it kind of uh, has that Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Kipling, exactly. It's the just so thing. So I know that it's going to be entertaining. There's going to be variety in there and I'm looking forward. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I like those sort of titles that are a bit... Do you remember the film Doctor Strangelove? Mm -hmm. And it's called Doctor Strangelove or Why I Learned to Love the Bomb. I like those sort of things that then explain it. Definitely. And I think that, that can be really useful is to have something quite short and snappy and maybe a bit of a subtitle or, or something that takes it a little bit further. Okay, well thanks for sharing us about Speaker One Sheets. Let's just talk about you just a little bit before we go. How did you get into speaking? Because you uh, came on today and said you started as a chemical engineer, was it? Yep, I was a chemical engineer. Um, in fact, I have a doctorate in chemical engineering. Yeah. So boy, did I go for that career for a while. Okay. <laughs> Until I realised that wasn't my diamond. Right. <laughs> um, and I, when and I when got... you realised you couldn't make them in the laboratory, <laughs> you've got to earn some diamonds. Well, you can actually. Can you? you can, yeah, oh, you right. can make fake diamonds. Anyway. Um, so I, how, long, I, how long were you a chemical engineer? About ten, well, I, I started... Ten years? Yes, about that. Okay. Well, if I, from starting my degree to, to quitting as an engineer, it was 10 yeah. years, so yes. Okay, but then obviously you decided that wasn't And then, you. well, I started being involved in training and development, and we did workshops on communication skills and things like that, and it was a, a small part of my role, and I realised that um, there was a creative side to that process that was missing from my engineering role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I can't, and people said, oh, you should do that for a living, and eventually I decided to try it. So that was when I left and started my own business as a trainer and I've continued to refine how I help people and what they really need and, and understand what I'm really good at. So that process, I've done a lot of refining my own diamond as it was and polishing what I'm good at mm. and, and drawing everything yeah. that I'm good at together into kind of one offering. I think there was lots of distinct bits for a while, but I kind of spent a long time working out what they were or putting them all together and um, ended up being queen of diamonds, which I'm quite happy with. Okay, and so to thank you for sharing all your knowledge about Speaker One Sheets, let's give you a plug. What what do you speak about? What who would be your ideal audience? Um, well, I have my ideal audience at the moment is looking at marketing, marketing speaking. So I've got to talk about finding a diamond. It's in fact it's called Be Unforgettable, Diamonds of Forever, and it's about how you can use diamonds, which is a, a D-I-A-M, various different things, to make your brand and your business stand out. And they're actually all things they are as cheap as chips. Excellent. You've got your diamond brooch on with oh, the, yes. the little crown I've got of the queen. Of the, yes. Yeah. I'm waiting for the diamond shoes, actually. Yes. <laughs> just, just tell me again that story about your, your children and how they they 
really on brand. No, oh, absolutely. The queen of my and my daughter was putting some socks on this morning, and they had a bit sort of a diamond pattern. And she went, "Oh, mummy, you should have these because you're the queen of diamonds." And then my son turned around, who's only three, and he went, "And that would make Daddy the jester." <laughs> uh, my husband wasn't as proud as that. I shouldn't he think. <laughs> yeah. Emma Sutton, Queen of Diamonds. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Jeremy.